episode 47. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. Today we're going to visit Ireland by way of New Mexico with a beautiful Irish lass, Laramie Cooley and Kilkenny's Secret. Sunsets, balloons, film, Kilkenny, Ireland. Yes, Laramie has the voice of an angel. And let us not forget her faith in God. So strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Laramie Cooley, thank you for being here on the Dharmic Evolution today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, huh? It's uh, so beautiful out there. It really is. Um, We have some of the best sunsets in the world, I believe. Is that right? We do. Yes, sir. I was in in Durango a few years back, and, uh, you know, which is so close to the border, and uh, I know what you're saying. The, the, just the landscapes and the vistas are just incredible out there. I didn't know about the, uh, the sunsets. That's really cool. Yes, very captivating. Um, you can walk outside and the sky will just be red and purple and this light pink. And it really does look like a master painting. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Wow, that seems like... Um, the Instagram freaks should all be descending upon Albuquerque and the area, right, to get the best photos possible. Oh, trust me, they do, especially now during Balloon Fiesta. My goodness. Oh, is that what happens now? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So these are the hot air balloons? Yes, they are. Oh, nice. That must be a spectacle, huh? Um, yes, it is, when you get to see it from afar. I'm, I'm not a fan of actually... Going down there because everybody gets so excited that it's just jam packed, but it's it's definitely a, a huge event for New Mexico, and so we appreciate it coming to our town. And this is happening right in Albuquerque. It is. Yeah, at cool. Fiesta Park. Oh, nice, nice. Hey, so let's talk music a little bit. All right. Um, when I first heard your music, I immediately stopped in my tracks because I knew I was listening to something very unique and very special. So um, tell me about the name first, Laramie Cooley and Kilkenny's Secret. Okay. Um, well, the way the name came about is uh, Kilkenny, Ireland. I did some research to find out a little bit more about my family history and um, the Cooley last name. And as I started to study and really look things up, I discovered that <clears throat> excuse me that it can actually be traced back to Kilkenny, Ireland. And that is where we originated. And um, I did some research on Kilkenny, and I found it very fascinating with their cathedrals and um, the history as far as Christianity in in that village. And um, it re- was really inspiring. And so I thought about it and uh, I talked to my guitarist and I told him, you know, this is, this is where I'm from. This is where my family comes from. And so after that, we kind of sat down and went over it and we decided Kilkenny's Secret was pretty original and had a great ring to it and 
meant something to me, and so that's that's the name I went with. It's very cool. It has a ver- it has like an allure to it. Like I immediately n- needed to know what that what is that about? You know, I kind of <laughs> like I kind of got that it was very very Irish. And uh, while I'm thinking about it, by the way, if you get a chance, you folks out there, and you love to hear about Ireland, I have a gentleman uh, Brian Shield is on episode 19 and can tell you all about Ireland, also uh, where he's from. But so your roots came from there, and then your music, like you basically like had this hybrid approach between what you do and what your is it your partner Joshua? Uh yes, my guitarist. Your guitarist. Okay. So so the two of you guys like just came up with this sound just by it just happened very organically or or did you sit down and map something out? How did it work? Well, actually it it pretty much just happened. Um the first song we ever did together was Break These Chains. And it was a very interesting jam session because I walked in. I, I don't play an instrument. Um, I, just, I just sing and I, I write. The, I, I get the melody in my head and I can sing it, but I can't play it. <laughs> so um, I walked in and we, you know, we were introduced and we sat down and we actually met through my dad. And um, Joshua and I sit down and he says, well, sing me something that you have in mind. I said, okay. And um, so I sang Break These Chains, and um, the tempo was a little bit faster. And uh, he looked at me, and he picked up his guitar, and he says, well, I think I have an idea. I said, okay, great, let's hear it. And uh, he started playing this melody. And, of course, I mean, I'm very proud of him. He's extremely talented. And uh, he, he started playing this melody that I was just like, oh, my gosh, this, this fits perfectly. And I instantly started singing the lyrics with him, and it happened that quick. We, we wrote the song the way we wanted it in, in one day, and um, we just kept practicing, and then we were able to record it. Following that, we started working on more, and um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to work together in quite a while because of my work schedule, as you know, is very hectic, right. and um, his as well, and he has a family and, and kids, so it, it does take some time, but that is how we came about, and it was a really great experience, and definitely, I have to say, uh, divinely inspired because there was no way that two people could sit down and work that well together that quickly without some outer influence. Right. And, and so that's, that's how we started. Okay, well then let's have a little listen here to Break These Chains.
Nice, nice track. Very nice. Thank you. So, tell us, tell us a little more about that. Okay. Um. The the inspiration of the song. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I believe that all of all of the music comes from God. Um, I am very, very grounded in my faith and my Christianity, and um, I was I was literally just laying in bed and. Um, I started singing these lyrics. That's that's usually what happens is I'm I'm praying or I'm reading my Bible and just spending some time, you know, by myself and and um I I started singing and it was a feeling that I was having that it was like I I needed I needed my heart to be set free from whatever it was at that time, whether it was I, I don't even remember. It was just the stress of what was going on in my life and things like that. Right. And um I just started crying out and those were the words that came out. And I wanted I wanted to be set free from what I felt was a type of emotional bondage at that time. And that that's pretty much how it happened. Um and as I was singing those lyrics that that prayer, the, the the bondage that I felt, really did start to break apart, and my my soul was uplifted, and I became, you know, I felt that joy again, and I wanted I wanted others to know what I felt, and if they were in that same place, I wanted them to know that there was hope, that there was inspiration, and that they could be set free as well. That their current state of of mind and feeling and what was going on around them was not their final destination. It was not going to be a a place that they were going to have to stay there for eternity. This is this is temporary, and once you're set free, it's it's an amazing feeling. And I've been a believer my whole life, but there are certain moments, even even if you've been a Christian for a long time, there are these certain moments where you do feel separated from God. That you. You feel like, okay, have I taken a? I've I've obviously taken a wrong step because I'm feeling this gap, and right. you have to find yourself on your knees many times, going, okay, how do I find my way back? Because I know he didn't step away from me, and that was one of those moments. And like I said, I wanted other people to know that there was a way back, that they can be set free, and um, that he offers hope. Right. So now, let me ask you this. Um, does Joshua f- uh, share the same faith belief that you do? He does. Oh, well, that's great. So that did you, you guys probably didn't even know this when you first got together, did you, or, or did you? 
Um, I knew a little bit. Like I said, we met through my dad, and right. uh, my dad's a pastor. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so he he actually um, Josh is a, also a farmer, and um, so my dad would buy hay from him, and so they had talked about the Lord and and discussed it, and. Um, then they started talking about music because Josh mentioned, mentioned he played the guitar. And so my dad was like, well, my daughter sings. And then that's how it started. So I was, I was aware that he had, he had a belief in, in God. And I did not realize the extent of his faith until we got together and really started, started working together and talking about it. And then it just meshed really well. It meshes very well. So, I mean, it meshes so well. And and let's go to another one here. I want to play the war song. Let's check this one out. Okay. I really love this track. Thank you. Laramie, you've got this um, this incredibly beautiful, effortless voice going on there. Just, it's just magnificent. That, that's what really struck me when I first heard your music. I said, "Wow, this it's very, very captivating, and uh, it just pulls you in." Have you guys gotten over to Ireland yet? Well, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. Um, no, we have not been to Ireland, unfortunately. Because um, I don't think you'd come back. They wouldn't let you. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I I have dreamt of going to Ireland since I was very young. So, um, And I've had many invitations from some musician friends of mine that live out there. And uh, it's it's been very tempting. So I'm, I'm hoping to get out there within the next year. Um, 
because I would definitely, of course, love to see Kilkenny and and just really take in this this wonderful country. Um, I've I've been wanting to go out there and and spend actually, you know, a few months and just rent a little place and spend a lot of time there, taking everything in and meeting the people and just enjoying the atmosphere. Yeah, I think I think it would be amazing um, for you guys to go there. I think you'd be you know, like embraced with open arms. Hey, tell me about the war song. Give me the the uh, backstory on that. Like, why did you write it? What's this? What's the bottom line story all about? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I have to give props to Joshua as well as a great friend of mine and and mentor. His name is Dick Orr. And uh, he works at John Wagner Recording Studios in Albuquerque. Um, he actually performed on that song and many of the songs as well. Um, he's a fantastic musician, and so I want to make sure that he gets the credit for the wonderful work that he did. Um, but the, the basis of the war song is actually about a, a minister in, in the Army. Um, because I was, I was thinking about that one day. Because I realized that an army chaplain really does not have, how can I say this, does not have the luxury that we have of hatred. Um, we find ourselves deciding to, to pick out an enemy, especially during times of war, which we've known for many years now. Um, That's very prophetic, the luxury of hate. It, it is. I'm uh, writing that down because there's a song title. Get going, girl. Um, we, we pick out an enemy and we say, okay, well, I'm going to blame these people. I'm going to hate these people. Right. And an army chaplain does not have that. Um, they can't because in their line of work, when they're out there, because they're also out there on the battlefield, you know, they're on the front lines with our men. And they realize that... In that moment, when people are being shot down around you and are fighting for their life, that the thing that they need to think about the most is what is going to happen to that person's soul. Right. And they don't care about uh, race, color. Um, they they don't they don't care about that. What they care about is, in that moment, did I hold their hand? Did I pray with them? Did did I let them know that there was hope if they were going to die? You know, if there was hope on the other side, did I do my job? And that that is the basis of that song because to them, no man is an enemy. Um, because in the end, we were all in mind at the cross. When when Jesus died on that cross, he was not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm dying for this ethnicity or that ethnicity. He didn't care. It was for every human being on this earth from that, you know, from before him <laughs> until now and those that are in the future. And that is what inspired me with that song because the, the amount of love and compassion and just hope that they they offer and they bring is admirable and i i feel like they don't get i mean i don't feel like any of our veterans um any of our our servicemen get and women get the recognition that they deserve but in this moment i was really just thinking about the chaplains and how much they put forth for our people your father must be very proud of you 
Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I hope so. That's awesome. Um, listen, how do you balance um, your songwriting, the band, uh, and you're also committed to the film industry, correct? I am, yes. <laughs> so so let's speak a little bit about that. What's okay. going on with the films? What's, what's happening there? Ah, oh, goodness. Um, okay, well... I am also a screenwriter. <laughs> so wait a minute. When do you sleep? You don't sleep, do you? So <laughs> I don't sleep much. No, um, I'm I'm usually awake until about three, four o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah. And uh, are you I up doing things? Or are you trying to sleep? What are you doing to those hours <laughs> of the night? What's going on in that house? I gotta get over there and see what's happening here. <laughs> I'm usually uh, sitting up in bed with my laptop. Okay. Uh, just typing away, whether it's writing music or working on a screenplay. Um, I usually cannot work on one screenplay at a time. So right now I'm working on like four different screenplays that I'm writing. Um, I just sent out a budget proposal. So fingers crossed, everyone. I just sent out a, a budget proposal for a film that I wrote last year. And um, so hopefully we'll be filming that this coming year. Good luck um, to you on that. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, then I'm working on, I also produce, so I'm working on another budget proposal for another film that is that is not my own. And I'm. that's pretty much what I do. Uh, so let me ask you this. Are you just a glutton for punishment or what? You picked the two <laughs> most challenging industries in the world, <laughs> both the music and the film business. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any vocation harder than these two. And you took them both on. Unbelievable. Uh, I completely agree with you on that. It, both industries are extremely difficult to get into, uh, extremely difficult to stay in, right. and um, not categorize yourself as a starving artist. Uh, yeah, but, you got to love it. You just got to have the love, right? The passion for these things. Yes, you absolutely do. And I have to say that I, I do love it. I, I love the music. I love the film industry. Um, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. And I mean, I've had other jobs. I've had, I've had, uh, <laughs> I was actually doing housekeeping at a hotel before I got into the film industry. And um, wow, I, I know you must have gotten some comedy riffs out of that deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Um, I was, I was working, like I said, doing housekeeping, and I. Uh, this uh, I will tell you the story because this this was so crazy the way it happened. Um, I had been going to an alcohol servers class so that way I could become a waitress because I was I was really needing some work, and um, I went and the gentleman that was teaching the class happened to be an actor, and he brought that up and I was like you know uh, I am really interested in the film industry I you know I'm I. I I love screenplays. I'm working on them. You know, I write them, and I would love to get in and start acting because that's something I love as well. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Okay, well, here's what you need to do." And he told me that I I should apply um, on a website for this extras casting. And I thought, okay. And um, I was like, get my foot in the door with some some background work. So I get on um, I get online that week. I I. Uh, Put up a profile on this lady's website, and then I got a job not as a waitress, but doing housekeeping. So I'm working, you know, and, and I worked there for a few months, and 
I was just really feeling like, okay, this is not what I want to do, but I, I need a job. So I just, you know, put my head down and kept working. And one day I got home from work, lay down on the couch, and I got a call. And the lady says who she is, what she's doing, and she says, we are looking for a stand-in to come in for Rebecca Hall on Transcendence. And I was like, awesome. I don't know what that is, but I'll do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She said, okay, well, I'm going to send you the paperwork, look it over, and and let me know. So she sends me the instructions on how to be a stand-in. I read it. I thought, yeah, I can do this. And I called her back, said, yes, I'm in. And she said, great, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I called and I told my boss, you know, I'm not going to be able to come in. This is what happened. And thankfully, my boss was very understanding and said, go. So I turned in my letter of resignation, went to work the next day. And um, that was the most amazing day, I think, of my life. Um, I, I met Johnny Depp my very first day. And I got to work with an amazing director and cinematographer and the whole crew was just like very welcoming and I learned so much and um, that was my first movie and I got to stay on for the duration and through that I I landed my first role. Um, the, the director gave me an audition right there on set and I, I got a few lines which was amazing. That's great was- and give us the film again. Transcendence. Oh, it is. So you're in that. I well, they. I, it didn't make it to the cutting floor. Oh. Yes, but um, that was just the beginning, and I realized that that is sometimes how it happens. But the point for me was, I got the credit, and to and the to experience to, too. That yes, was and great. to go to the theater and sit down and watch a movie that I had worked on and um, I was also Rebecca Hall's double so I did get to see myself and I was like that was me (laughs) oh uh, so you were in it then so you oh I thought you said oh I thought you said it got cut out I'm sorry so my my uh, actual scene did get cut out right Um, but the I was doing some double work and things like that so to see that was very exciting and then when the credits started to roll and I saw my name, as small a part as it was, it was huge for me. Yeah, and it's it it's very huge. Life. Yeah. And I was in tears in the theater, and my my parents and my sister were looking at me, and they're like, this is so exciting. And Did I'm they like, ask you for an autograph, like right on the spot, your family? <laughs> no, they didn't. They, they didn't want my head to get too big. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let the, I, I, we're going to go back to that, but I want to play. We're flipping back and forth here between different careers, so we're going to listen to um, You Take My Hand. I like this one, too. You've gone too far in a warm direction. 
Can I ask you, had, had, did you take um, formal voice training? Um, I did, actually. Um, I had a, a voice teacher when I was, goodness, uh, I want to say I was 10. Okay. And I, I worked with her for about three years, and she was great. She had classical training, and um, so she taught me how to warm up properly, uh, breathing technique and things like that. You just, it just sounds to me like um, that you just have such a pure, like your voice is so effortless and pure. It, I, I had this vision in my mind that you showed up for vocal lessons and they sent you home and <laughs> said, you. no, no, there's nothing you need to do here. Just go sing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, I love your voice. It's very mesmerizing. It's, it's so natural. And, uh, and the songs, by the way, um, First of all, I got to say, I love congas as percussion. That's, that's my favorite thing. So um, hats off on the production. Who, who's doing the producing? Are you guys doing it collectively, or how did that come about? Um, that, would be, um, that would be Dick Orr. Oh, he's Dick, he did. Okay. Yeah. He, he's the one doing all the recording, and uh, he's great. He's Very- awesome. Yeah, he, he selected just the right... Um, you know, just the right supportive backgrounds and everything for you guys, because it's not overdone, and it, it just makes your music shine. So I, I, I just love the way it's uh, it's put out here. Thank you so much. Yes, he. Um, I've actually been working with him since I was 16, and he, he kind of um, adopted me right off the bat, and uh, I adopted him, so I call him Uncle Orr. Uncle Orr. Oh, that's cool. You're going to get a whole t- TV show out of that, I bet. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be, that'd be pretty interesting, especially with all the conversations him and I have. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I walked in, like I said, with my, with my mom when I was 16, and uh, I sat down with him, and he listened to some acapella recordings that I did, and he was like, yeah, I can work with you. And um, so we started working together, and then I started taking audio engineering classes with him after I graduated high school. And uh, so I've been working with him for quite a while, and 
He's he's an awesome human being. I That's great. Love hey, did you like the audio engineering program? I did. Like, I what really what did you take? If you don't mind me asking, like, which um is which platform was it? A Pro Tools or Logic or or just general? Pretty much just general. Um, he wanted me to be well rounded with any system I sat down to use. So he he took a very general approach. It was like this is what you need to know. Um, I'm a very hands-on type person when it comes to learning. Um, I do okay with books. I would much rather just be thrown in there and let's do it. Yeah. So I can relate. (laughs) That's what he did to me. He was like, just sit down and let's do it. Yeah. When I brought the books home for logic, it's like, you know, somebody asked me, hey, did you read those? I said, God, they're they're, they're like holding up the foundation of the building. They're so big. Yeah. Yeah. It's... (laughs) <laughs> I you, felt like I was reading gibberish. I'm like, yeah, I, I, it's oh. really tough. You know, it's like, you're right. You just go and attack it. And you, you, you know, because basically it's like when you get a phone, what do you learn? Like 20% of the phone or, or your car, like you use the kind of the same things. You don't need to know everything, but it's, it's good that you did that because I think it probably leveraged your artistic abilities in such a way that you you can squeeze more juice out of what you do you know so yes it it has definitely come in handy because it has also taught me during that process um it was great because he made me take acoustics where i had to study acoustics and how things were going to work in a in a very large room as opposed to a small room and things like that so um but it also helped me to understand my voice and um I can hear it from the older recordings to the newer ones that um, my my vocals have changed. Right. And um, he taught me to hear my mistakes, and so he he doesn't have to always tell me, hey, you know, this this could be tweaked a little bit. Now it's like, oh, I can stop a recording right there and be like, I don't like that. Let's redo it. And um, that I think is is awesome because I. I am my worst critic. <laughs> right. So um, to be able to take a logical approach and say, okay, it's it's not that I'm terrible because you know how you get very self-critical and oh and sure like, oh, I can't do this. So um, I can take an approach now where it's like, okay, well I'm not hitting that note the way I, I want to. So let's take it back and and evaluate what I can do to change it. Right. And so doing the audio engineering, I have to fine-tune my ear and that has that has really helped me and he has been great in leading me because he's like you need to focus on this and this will help you take you know take a step back and don't see it as your vocal see it from an engineering approach right and um that that has helped like i said immensely because i can sit there and go this is not me and if this was another vocalist what would i tell them yeah and the other part is um you know just learning what happens in a studio as opposed to live because they're so different and you hear everything different and mixes are important and inflections and and just how to do the whole thing takes an enormous amount of commitment and time and resolution to say yeah i i I gotta learn this and, and figure out why you know why why was i singing that way for this song exactly and yes. I, and i don't think that ever ends it's like a constant um you know, every song is different, every piece is different, every, you know, every engineer is different, and the rooms are all different. So you're, you're always um, trying to reach for the right tool to say, okay, what do I need to do here? And that, you know, the tools are in your mind. It's like, yes. you know, what, which singer is showing up today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's, 
It's true. Um, I had to take that approach when uh, I was singing Blackheart. Okay. Uh, for for the Cog, um, they sent me the song, and it was you know it's it it's much different than right. what I do, and uh, so I was very excited about tackling this because I'm like, okay, this is way out of what I do. This is exciting, and. Um, so I walked in there and I'm like, this is what I want to sing. Have a listen. And uh, he was like, this is a new challenge for you. And I was like, yeah, it is. Let's do it. Right. And, um, so I walked into the recording booth and started singing. And instantly I tried to sing it the way I would do my music. And I went, whoa, whoa. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not working. And um, he told me, he's like, put some angst into it. And uh, I was like, angst. Okay. And... Uh, so yeah, and what is angst for him as opposed to you? Like you know, exactly. like you got to say to yourself, "Well, the, I, the angst to me is this: is this the right thing? Am I doing?" <laughs> exactly, uh, and uh, well, and then he brought up the acting thing, and he goes, "Well, put yourself in the story of the song, and then act it out while you're singing." He's like, "the The lyrics are your dialogue, and you're doing a scene. Now go do it." Right. Is it, was this Dick saying this to you? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's good. That's a, that's a really good way to to couch it. Yes, he's yeah. he's very good, and he knows how to he knows how to talk to me because uh, I'm not afraid to say it. I am, um, as he refers to me, I am a very strong personality. Good. So. It's well, it's obvious. You you got 18 careers going, and you're a songwriter. <laughs> you know, songwriter, singer. You're doing it all here. Well, I, I love it, and I have to always keep moving. And so he knows how to communicate with me and uh, calm me down, lift me up, tell me what I need to do, and he's he's great. So Hey, let's was- let's get one more in here because uh, I, I have a feeling this is going to turn into a couple interviews because we haven't even, like, scratched search for service <laughs> with you yet. Hey, I, I might have um, I said the wrong title on the last one. Did I say you take my hand, or did I? You did. Okay, so so there's another one I want to play, uh, Yet to Fly. Let's do that one. All right. Okay. This is Yet to Fly with Laramie Cooley.
another fabulous track. Nice job. Thank you so much. Yeah, make sure you give my regards to Uncle Orr and also tell Joshua, man, nice tone. Nice guitar <laughs> tone. Yeah, I picked that right out. I'm a guitar player, so I, I listen for those things. So, hey, let's find out about what you guys are doing on the gig thing. Um, are you doing any playing out live? Have you been able to do that? I mean, you've got so many things going on. Playing live is really a time-consuming thing. So what's the plan for that if there is one? Uh, to be honest, right now, we really don't have a plan. Okay. Um, yeah, life has really been keeping both of us very busy. Like I said, he has a he has a family, he has kids, so to to travel right now for him is very difficult. Right. And for me, as you know, um with working on set and things like that, it's I'm already traveling with with the film. So Okay. Yeah, so they'll they'll send me out and I'll be gone for 6 weeks. You know, and then get to come back for maybe three or four, and then I'm I'm gone again. So, so it, do you feel like Laramie? This would be a good platform for you to leverage your music. In other words, people got to find out about like you know, you've got this other whole world going on that's just really wonderful. What do you think? Um, you mean the film industry? Yeah, As, yeah, yeah, sure. I I do. Um, I feel. I do not feel like they're mutually exclusive. Right. Um, to me, they they do go hand in hand. Uh, I just worked on a film uh, last month that was with a group of musicians, so uh, that was that was very that was very enlightening for me. Yeah. Because I got to talk to them and see what they do, and and they're actually touring, and then they would come back and film. So it it is possible, and. So I'm definitely making connections and meeting new people that are in both industries. So I do feel like the film industry is a great platform for my music and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, they're, they're not ex mutually ex exclusive at all. That's great. So we didn't even get into your, um, you know, the, the fact that you're a makeup artist as well. So we didn't have time for that today. But that's why I said there's going to have to be a round two here. That would be great. We're going to have to do that. And, you know, I really think my friends in Europe are going to love to hear your music. Um, have a lot of people in uh, Ireland and London and, and uh, you know, all over Europe listening. I think they're really going to love what, what they hear when they put on Laramie Cooley and Kilkenny's Secret Songs. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. I hope so. Thank you so much. Yeah, so let, before we uh, before we end here, let's find out how do we buy the music of Laramie Cooley? Where can we send everybody? Websites? Give me some kind of um, poster we can throw up there for everybody listening. All right. Well, um, as of right now, I'm only on Reverb Nation. Okay. Um, and we will be putting the music up for sale very soon on iTunes. And as soon as I get a release date for that, I will be sending it directly to you. Okay. And you're also um, on Facebook, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have my Facebook, which I, I don't mind people contacting me that, that way. And then there is the band page, which is also um, just under my name, Laramie Cooley. And, um, yeah, both band page and I guess you could call it a personal page, but it's, it's not, um, I'm, you know, like I said, you can contact me through that venue as well. 
Yeah, and anybody who wants to hear this music, just check it out on um, Reverb Nation. I think that's where I found out about you. And uh, you've got a lot of tracks up there. I mean, you've got like 12 or 15 songs or whatever. And uh, all really, really good. Great job on the production and the writing. And as I said earlier, the singing is really, really killer. So, Laramie, thank you so much for being part of the Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time visiting with you today. And I wish you all the success and luck. You don't need the luck. But I wish you all the success in the world because I think you're making your own luck. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you to everyone who's listening for your support. It's, it's greatly appreciated and it means a lot. So uh, housekeeping gigs, stand-in acting, Kilkenny's Secret, Johnny Depp, Transcendence, Rebecca Hall. I think we broke the bank on content with this show. Break These Chains, the war song, You Take My Hand and Yet to Fly. I'll tell you, she's got a nuance that just reaches into my heart and slays me. I just love her sound. I hope you guys enjoyed this also. Check out Laramie on the show notes. Swing over to dharmicevolution.com for all the content with bios, photos, links, images, and videos. And don't forget, the download is free, but the content, it's priceless. Coming up this Wednesday, the 23rd, Heather Ballantyne from Toronto, Canada, my favorite pinup girl, will be on the show launching her Christmas kisses. Thanks for joining me today, everybody, on the Dharmic Evolution. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. Until the next time, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs> <laughs>